The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the first chapter. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Have you ever had a dream that feels so vivid and real and you wake up and the dream stays with you in life, just whispering a message into your ear that shapes the way your whole life is? It wasn't even your choice when your head hit the pillow to be something different. Something happened in the middle of that dream and and it has irrevocably changed you. The creativity of God occurs in so many ways. Sometimes it's through the power of dreams, the visions human beings have that bring the divine into the landscape of our imagination. Or sometimes the creativity of God shows up in people through history, through the unlikeliest of suspects. Our story in Matthew today gives us one birth narrative, one maybe we're less familiar with. We begin the birth story after a litany of ancestral relationships fast-forwarding through the biblical equivalent of an Ancestry.com list to take part in where the birth of Jesus takes place. Jesus, who, no, sorry, back up a little bit. Joseph, uh, who, yes, is likely a bit older than Mary, is engaged to be married when he finds out she's pregnant. It's unexpected news, to say the least, and it is clear he's not the father. I imagine he's not 100% clear on what happened that led up to young Mary's unbelievable pregnancy. He simply has a young woman's word on how exactly she happens to be pregnant. And maybe it's Joseph's disbelief in this story that leads him to an alternative plan. Maybe there's some distrust there. Or maybe our righteous man does not want to take on the role of a parent to a child that is not his. So he comes up with a plan. He will dismiss Mary quietly. It is practical. It makes sense. It preserves his reputation and upholds the traditional family structure. And because he will dismiss her quietly, her risk will be mediated. Hopefully our young woman will not be charged with adultery or any rape assumed. It sounds like a good plan. The plan will protect Mary. The plan ensures too, that he's off of the hook for any parental responsibility. It's mostly a good plan, though, because it protects Joseph. 
His life will be unaffected by this young woman's pregnancy and her wild story of what went on behind the scenes here. In my reading of Matthew, I find myself wondering about Mary's silence. Mary is exceptionally quiet in our story in Matthew. Unlike other gospel birth narratives, which feature Mary in loud proclamation, rejoicing at this news that she is with child, we only hear about the conflict her pregnancy has caused for Joseph. If all goes to plan, she'll be young, pregnant, single, without the protection of the engagement with Joseph. I wonder what the back and forth was like between Joseph and Mary. How exactly she told him she was pregnant And what did they say to each other? What words did they have? Incredulous words, suspicious words, skeptical, non-trusting, loud exclamatory words. Joseph's dismissal might have been a quiet one, but I don't know that in my hearing of the conflict her pregnancy caused, there is anything that leading up to this plan that is quiet. And as Mary laid her head down to sleep that night, She probably struggled with sleep, and perhaps Joseph did too. But as soon as he had made up his mind, when he had created a plan and resolved to dismiss her quietly, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And in that dream, everything changed, reminding Joseph of his lineage, that he is descended from David. The angel speaks to Joseph, saying first, do not be afraid as so many angels do in our stories. Even when being afraid is the most logical reaction to the wildest of events, the angel in the dream intervenes on Mary's behalf and offers a source to the incredible news. Mary is pregnant uh, because of the Holy Spirit. And in this dream, Joseph is given a name. He is given a task, a commitment, and a calling in life. He is to be Mary's partner in this wild and holy story, to be a parent, to claim the baby too by naming him Jesus. And Joseph is a participant in this scandalous story, not just by offering a young woman protection, but by being a parent and a partner. And he too is part of this story of God with us. I wonder how on earth he told Mary about his dream after the conversation they last had. And I wonder about her reaction and their intention going forward now. And maybe there was a reconciliation or a surprise and an excitement on Mary's behalf. And maybe there was an opening of trust there with the couple and with God. It is wild what happens in dreams. Wild the way God moves us to things we never entertain the possibility of wild the way God shapes dreams and lives and the whole arc of humanity and creation. Our lead up into this birth story in Matthew begins with a string of people, a connection back through a lineage. And we trace the story of Joseph and his dream back to the beginning with Abraham, the father of Isaac. I think it is a way of beginning to see Jesus' own genesis through the people and stories of God working through the history of a family with a complicated relationship. And we trace now to Judah, son of Jacob, and here the mention of Tamar, 
who is Judah's daughter-in-law twice, and through a series of complicated events, including sex works that secures the family lineage, she becomes the mother of Judah's children. And we continue on and we get to Solomon, the son of Nashon, who fathers Boaz with Rahab, the woman living in Jericho, who protects and assists the Israelite spies, and who may have also worked in a similar line as Tamar. Family history is getting fun. Uh, so we continue on to Boaz, the man who marries Ruth, the Moabite woman, and more scandalous and shocking than the nights they spent on the threshing floor is the way that Boaz publicly marries the Moabite woman and revives Ruth's first husband's lineage and through their own son, Obed, continues on David, Abraham's line. We should not forget David and the way he orchestrates the affair with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, and then sends Uriah off to the battle and he is killed. In the story of Jesus' own family history and Joseph, things are complicated. It seems to be even more interesting and complicated when you involve a very creative God, shaping the course of this family's history through some very unexpected ways right up into this story of a young pregnant woman. And as God works and shapes Matthew's story of Jesus' birth through a dream that changes the life of a man who is engaged to a very young and unexpectedly pregnant woman, it gets a little messy. Last week, Pastor Jan asked the question, where do you see God working in the world? And you recorded your responses on the board outside in beautiful poetic ways. You said that you see God working in the healing of relationships everywhere with an exclamation point. Elected officials helping reunite an Iraqi refugee family in Washington through St. Mark's lunch buddies at DeLong Elementary who each week encourage children with friendship and grace. You saw God working in the caring, sharing, comforting, crying, and praying through doctors, nurses, and techs at St. Joe's Hospital, through kind people, through parents who show up to school conferences to help support their children, through the youth and children of our church, the friendly smiles and caring people, the smiles of spouses, and the hugs and comfort of friends, caregivers, cats, love in our family, and more, right here, right now, every day. God is working with us. I'm excited to see the ways you record, uh, the way you see God working with us today, too. In this time of year, I also hear in the story of Joseph's dream that God is present and working creatively even in the messiest of places and complicated relationships. And the way things get scratched out and rewritten and revised in the messiness, the loneliness, the grief, and in the things that weigh us down this season when everything points us to feeling joyful and up. I think both pieces were held this Wednesday night when we went out with carolers. We walked in the cold and rain and rang all the doorbells and sang loudly and danced. And then we sat that night and even song in the darkness to bear witness to the grief, loss, and loneliness of this time and to focus on the light. It is beautiful the way that God works in this world. And God works in complicated histories 
In unorthodox situations, working through people like Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary, who faced perils and choices, who risked their lives to act in ways they were called to by God. And surely it is more creative than we could ever imagine to bring a young woman, barely not a child herself, to be the mother of God with us. More creative than the plans of a man who found himself in a situation he never anticipated and never in his wildest dreams imagined that he would be called by God to be a parent and a partner, to name his child Jesus. This is the story of God with us through complicated family histories, through our glimpses and beginnings of articulations on God working in the world, and even working through the conflict and through dreams that change everything. Do not be afraid, the angel tells Joseph. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Do not be afraid when things get complicated or messy, when life is wilder than we can possibly imagine. God is with us. Thanks be to God.